sorry. You know it's gonna be the intro, right? No. Yeah. Not while you do that. I'm doing it. Bro, I'm the one that edits it. I'm <laughs> literally, no. Bro, yeah. Otherwise I walk out of this We gotta say something funny for the intro. <laughs> and then we're starting. Hey, what's up? No, that's my <laughs> That means I'm moving, I made a few mistakes, but I'm improving, I'm human, but I've been making daily resolutions. I got to. You might do it different, but I'm not you. Hey Mark. I'm I'm hey, Mark. Mark. hey Mark. Hey Mark. <laughs> hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Hey Mark, the podcast where I, Mark, Get to have open and authentic conversations about you know the struggles that we go through in regards to mental health it could be your physical health it could be your family life it could be your work it could be any entrepreneurial stuff that you're going through but i like to just have these open and open and honest conversations sorry and just kind of talk about the struggles that we go through because i think that the more that we are able to do that the more other people see that and they think damn, okay, yeah, like I'm not alone. You know, that person has like a similar story to me or that person is going through the exact same thing. And then from there, we're able to open up a lot more conversations and get people the help that they need, the support that they need and be there for one another. Now, this is the third episode of Two Boys, One Couch. It's me and Aiden, my roommate. You've seen him multiple times. And uh, we just wanted to sit down and have a little chat tonight, man. Aiden, tell people what's up in your life, what you're, what you've been up to, and what you're all about, man. If they haven't seen you before. Uh, what day is it? It's Wednesday. International Bullying Day. Anti-bullying. Anti-bullying. Well, it's like different days actually. I, I googled it. Remember this morning? Yeah, I was with you. We uh, it's different days, but here at least we're in Vancouver and BC and Canada. So yeah, it's Anti-bullying Day. Pink shirt day. So uh, we're not wearing pink shirts, but we definitely support the cause. I have like kind of actually like it's like a very, very off-white kind of pink undershirt on, but I'm wearing a black hoodie. I'm not a bully, so I'll say that. <laughs> um, we were supposed to film yesterday, but I got a conky, got a concussion, so. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. how'd that happen? What's going on with that, man? Tell people what happened. Uh, work. Plumbing, things falling from the ceiling. So when something fell from the ceiling, eh? Landed on, right on my face, so you might see. I can you know. see it, actually? I can't, I can't even see if you can see it. You can't even really see anything. I can't tell. I can't tell on there. Anyways, um, so just been chilling today. We didn't do it last night because I just was kind of laying in bed, so. Yeah, and for people that are watching the, the video version of this, like if you're watching this on YouTube, that's why the lighting's kind of dimmer today because I put on the regular light that I use and it was really bugging Aiden's head. And I already kind of forced him to do this, so I kind of have to make it as comfortable as possible for him. But <laughs> yeah, that's why like the lighting's pretty dim because he just had a concussion literally less than 24 hours ago. And uh, here we are. He forces me against my will to do these videos. Seriously, this is it. <laughs> He's way cooler than me, obviously, and you guys like listening to him better, clearly, so. <laughs> what? <laughs> Shit, dude. So, dude, man, like, so, you had to take the day off work today, yeah. and uh, you had a concussion, which is a pretty good excuse to pretty much just lay in bed with the lights off, and I mean, like, I've had quite a few concussions, and I have done that in the past. But like, what did you get up to today? Is that what you did? Cause I, I was at work all day. What were you up to? Woke up at like 5.30 in the morning and then uh, took the day off work obviously. And then um, I was up at like six, I came out here. I kept the lights off all day and I just sat and read my book and uh, journaled. And then uh, had lots of coffee, obviously. <laughs> well, you know, how you stay awake it's how you stay awake it's just what i like to do in the morning so lots of coffee uh had like music playing in the background really really nice like quieter music had my acoustic playlist going and um i ended up just like cleaning basically all day so um i tried laying in bed again for a little bit but i honestly just feel worse when i do that so i like uh, physically worse like you feel like Physically worse, just it's more so mentally. Like, 
I just won't, yeah, I, I feel, feel worse if I just lay around and do nothing. So at least if I'm doing something, I feel accomplished. And then, you know, obviously within reason, if I'm feeling like really, really crappy, I'll come sit down or whatever. But um, I was able to just go at like a slow pace all, excuse me, all day. And then uh, that's how I, how I rolled with it. And what were we texting about, man? Because I texted you halfway through and you were like, I was like, how's the head, man? What'd you say? I'm like, what are you up to? Not good, but I'm just working. <laughs> I'm working on stuff to feel better. <laughs> and that's so cool, man, because like that's, like it transfers from like physical to mental, anything like that. Like where you're like, I, I'm pretty sure I texted you back and I think I said in quotations, basically like quoting you being like, I'm in pain, but I'm working to make myself feel better. And that's like literally the coolest thing. I was, I, I think that's what I said to you. I was like, that's the coolest thing you could say, man. Because <laughs> you're like, even if you're like mentally struggling or physically struggling, like you kind of have to identify like, okay, what can I work on right now to try and make myself feel better? Like, I love that mentality that you have, man. That's so sick. Um, shit, dude. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't even really know what to say right now. That's sick, man. I just, I, yeah, I worked all day and then came here. Aiden made me some dinner. Aiden made us dinner tonight. It was sick. He actually makes us dinner most of the time, but he made us dinner tonight, which was really sick. So thanks, bro. Yeah, bro. We're all set for the rest of the week. That's, uh, you know, like I wrote this in my journal today about having the day off today. I, I said, like, I'm just going to use it as a blessing. I never really get this time to do stuff like this. So I'm just gonna get ahead. And I'm gonna use this time to get ahead. So that's what today was about. Cleaning, cooking up all our meals. Now the rest of the week we can kill it. We don't have to worry about taking the time of our day to cook. It's just there for us. And uh, do you think like, because like most people, including you and I, like, we do have like the, the traditional like weekend sort of, right? Like we have like Saturday and Sunday. And then obviously a lot of the time you've seen, like that's usually when I'm editing this stuff and, and, and doing a lot of the, you know, content creation for, for the podcast. And like kind of doing chores as well, like, you know, grocery shopping, laundry, meal prepping, stuff like that. But like, do you think that it was because this was supposed to be a work day and you had the day off, you're like, okay, I'm going to use this intentionally. Or do you think that you could do that like every weekend? Or do you think that, you know, anyone could do that every weekend? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's key to do that every weekend, at least at some point, dedicate the time to set up uh, your next week for success. Like that's kind of the, you know, the five P's. Piss poor performance. <laughs> what, what is it? Prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Oh, that's the seven piece. But yeah, you can count quick, dude. <laughs> Prior uh, preparation prevents poor performance. And that's how you can structure your life. Remember that always. And uh, you're gonna set yourself up for success, man. That's so sick. Yeah, one of my old bosses used to say that to us all the time. Prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. And that's burned into my head now. Like I literally will never forget that. So sick. <laughs> so sick, man. Yeah. What's uh? So tell people as well, like, cause you kind of got like this grind, and you know we've we've like kind of even bickered about this recently. But like you've been talking to me a lot about you know your dream job and how you'll literally stop at absolutely nothing until you get there. Like, where did that kind of come from? Did you always feel that way? Or is this like kind of something that was ignited in you in the last couple of years? Like, I know obviously you've been training for it for the last couple of years for sure. And you even sent me that picture where, actually I won't ruin it, but yeah, like kind of, I've, I've actually wondered like, have you always been this driven towards it? Or was it just in the background? Uh, talking about like, firefighting and stuff yeah um my whole life it's been something i've thought about and something i've dreamed about doing but you know 
when you get into high school, like my path changed when I got into lifting weights and then my, I was like, I'm going to be a personal trainer and that became my, my avenue there. And then, uh, once I, I got into school for that, um, I was just like, you know what, like, I don't really, because I, I cared, um, I guess in the, in the fitness realm, I'm a little more selfish in that I cared more about my progress than than helping other people with their progress. So as a trainer, you got to be um, dedicated to other people's, uh, you know, fitness. Yeah, it's their goals. It's their goals that you need to be dedicated to if you want to be a good trainer. So for me, I was just like, you know what? I don't know if this training thing's for me. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I bounced between uh, like PE, PE teaching because I've always coached and things like that. And I wanted to be like PE teacher and then that kind of slipped through and you know, I was like, you know what, or actually I wanted to be a physiotherapist at one point, like right after high school. But again, always that thing that was always there was firefighting. I just didn't know how to approach it or didn't know how to start. And then I knew that they didn't want to, they don't usually hire until you're, you know, your late twenties or so. So I figured I'd just keep, you know, keep going at something and then probably three years ago is when I really made the switch and I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of this being in the background. That's it, I'm going for it. And then this last year with, with you know, the virus happening and all that stuff and putting things into perspective, I really, uh, really, really started dedicating my life to it. And now like we had that conversation the other day, um, I'm literally never gonna stop going That's for so it. Sick, <laughs> like nothing's gonna stop me from it, so. That's so sick, man. Do you, like. Cause you always had in the background, you were like doing other things at the time. Did you kind of know, like, I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm just not doing it yet. That was kind of like, it was kind of just a matter of not if, but when, and, uh, I wanted to just get something under my belt in the meantime. And then finally, when I felt like I was ready for it, then I started making the switch and, um, leads me to where I am now. So. And when you had like, cause you said three years ago, you kind of had like this fire in your belly ignite and you just decided like, this is it. I'm gunning for it. I'm never going to stop. Like what were you in like a good headspace at the time when you in a bad headspace and you were like, I need to create a plan to get out of this. Like what, 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 where was your life at? Cause I actually don't know this. Yeah, pretty much, man. I was like, um, essentially I was in the midst of finishing up a sports science diploma at school. And, but I had to upgrade my math from high school in order to do so and to finish my diploma. Um, so I, I had three courses left and then I had, um, but I had to upgrade my math first. And I was looking at about a year before I could get my math back up to where it's supposed to be. There's like different levels that I needed to do each semester. Um, so I, and I wasn't gonna go back. I had taken time off school. I wasn't gonna do it. I was like, you know what? Um, there's no point because it's not what I want to do and blah, blah, blah. But then one day I was just like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm literally at the end of this. I'm not going to stop. Like if anything, just have something under my belt. That's what matters. Right? So I, uh, I went through with it, but there were setbacks. I failed. I literally failed my math the first go around. I had a horrible math prof. Um, and then finally this other guy, Jeff came in and Jeff, made the biggest impact on me because he knew that I, he knew that I didn't have any future in math. And he even told me, he's like, Aiden, like, I know you're not going to be a mathematician. I know you're not going to be a math teacher. You want to be a firefighter. I know that. So I'm going to help you get where you want to go. I'll never forget when he told me this, he says, all these other props, they're throwing obstacles in your way that they don't want you to succeed. I just want you to get you there. So I'm going to get you there. This guy spent hours with me after class. This guy, I still email him time to time really really great guy and he was like a math genius he's like invented formulas and stuff he worked in china uh and he worked uh like in, in the states all over china and stuff super smart guy he was like as a professor as a professor wow. of mathematics and he was he's retired like well a retired age but he just kept doing it because he loves teaching teach math and wow. he he literally that guy i owe it to that guy to finish my diploma and, um, did you kind of like know him well? Did you chat at all? Or did he just like kind of see you and he's like, this guy? He knew, he knew that I was trying to get somewhere, but this was stopping me and I didn't know. 
I didn't think I was ever going to succeed in the math because um, I just I don't have the best brain for it. But he knew that I was willing to do everything it took. And that's kind of the, the, the relationship we had was he knew I wasn't the best at math, but he also knew that I was going to do everything I can. Like I was going to I was prepared to work for it. Yeah. So that's why he kind of took me under his wing and, you know, I got to where I got I was able to finish the diploma. And but it's because I have that diploma that I have, you know, that I've been able to kind of, I don't know, like it, it kind of switched a mentality in my brain that school is not really for me. I'm not very school smart like that. And it's now I know that I can complete a program and I can, you know, so. Do you think that kind of compounds in your life now that you've seen yourself like, okay, I, I did something that A, I didn't enjoy doing, I didn't want to do it. I knew I had to do it. It was really hard for me. And then you did it. Like, do you think that that kind of compounded in your life to being like, shit, dude, I could be a firefighter. Like I can fucking do things even when they're hard. Like, do you think that that kind of compounded and gave you confidence for it? For sure. For sure it did. Because um, after that, I was able to finish my firefighting training. I was able to see through and, and like do so many different courses and things that um, if I had kind of threw in the towel, so to speak, and quit on my schooling at the end of it, I probably wouldn't have got probably wouldn't got there because it's a chain reaction, right? I probably would have said the same thing. Oh, like maybe this isn't for me and I would have threw in the towel. Um, but because I was able to finish that, I knew I could, I can finish any of these. I just have to be willing to work. And what's firefighter training look like, bro? Like, do you think like, like give us kind of like a short rundown of, or maybe a long rundown. You can get into it if you want, but like what was going to like where you went like, and like, I guess, yeah, just tell us what like, firefighter training is. Like, do you just shoot hoses all day and drive trucks or what? <laughs> um, so, firefighting is interesting because it's it's one of those things where, or it's one of the only things where you have to do everything on your own time and at your own pace. Like, there's no, um, technically there's no official schooling there. You have your, in the, in the States and in Canada, you have your 1001, is what we call it, which is your firefighting certificates essentially so you need to have your you need to have all your hazmat training and then your firefighter one and two which falls under 1001 and that's essentially your degree in firefighting but the only thing is you need a lot more on top of that you need your truck driving license you need your paramedic licensing um, like medical licensing you need um, a lot of different things depending on which department you're you're looking to go for so it's one of those things where you have to fund a lot it's like one of the only careers where you fund so much money into the training for it but you're never guaranteed a position so it's like you pool all the money but you have to continue to work and work and work while you're working full-time somewhere else while you're doing other things and living your life in order to get to that excuse me to get to that goal so yeah that's crazy man and so like, and explain to people as well, like what, how far you traveled to get some of this training, man. Like, because I know it's like a, not a necessity, but like, I guess maybe run us through like, like how come you went where you went and like kind of explain like what the options are to do the training where we live in Vancouver here. Like, how do you go about, like, say I want to be a firefighter right now. I just decide that I, I can't really because I'm terrified of heights, but <laughs> like, yeah, run me through like, where, where do I go to school? How do I do this training? But the first thing is, first thing I'll say is you need to be prepared to, to be at this for years before even getting a position. So that's the first thing is so many, everybody always says they want to be a firefighter, but you know, they'll give up at some point or they'll, you know, it takes, they can't get in the first year or two after their training. So they'll just end up doing what they were doing before. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you need to stay at it. You need to keep that dream for a long time. Um, I'll say that's the first thing, but in terms of like getting started. Um, so what I did is I did my training in the States where you live in Canada. Um, I did my training in Texas. So, uh, you go down there and you live there in Texas. Um, uh, you train out of a, a working hall facility and, um, 
basically you live and breathe firefighting the entire time you're down there. Um, so it's like every day, every morning you wake up, you know, you wake up at like five in the morning, you do your personal training in the morning and then you start it. So it's just, it's firefighting related tasks all day long, um, training. Uh, so, you know, you're, we're doing vehicle extrication, we're doing ladders, we're doing all sorts of different tools, hoisting tools, um, you know, extinguishers, we're working hose, we're working on the fire hose. Um, essentially, you need to be in like peak physical form and you need to be able to complete all these tasks and, um, you know, you're tested multiple times throughout your time there. Um, you do your live burn days, which is really what separates the who, who's, you know, who's cut out for the job and who's not. Um, so your live burn days. What's that like? What's a live burn day? So, I actually don't know. <laughs> um, so essentially you go to a facility, uh, like for us, it was a, one of the local departments training facility. Um, you're in a building with your, uh, with your engine company, with your crew and you're you're putting out the fires and you're also it's search and rescue and it's all things fire like is it like a real oh but it's a training facility right but it's, a real fire yeah real people in danger or no well they're, they're not going to throw real people in there but uh, well, basically yeah, they're yeah. lighting this whole the whole joint on fire and you know you need to do ventilation you need to cut holes in the roofing you need to go in there you need there's there's dummies there's different things that you need to Fine, you to crawl on your hands and knees in the pitch black, um, put out the fire, save all of the, you know, dummies and things like that. It's, it's very intense. Um, you can't see anything. That's the thing with firefighting is if you're claustrophobic, it's not going to really work out for you. <laughs> if uh, you get really, uh, you need to be somebody who doesn't react to specific scenarios, like doesn't get too heated easily, doesn't get too flustered easily because when you're in that building and you are in the pitch black, you can't see a single thing. There's smoke all around you. It's extremely hot. And we're talking up to upwards to like 2000 degrees in that building. Um, you know, it's just you in your mind and you need to talk to yourself. And, uh, dude, that's <laughs> crazy. Um, the big ones for me though was uh, when we have to do confined space training. So we go through like courses with um, basically hoods over our face, you can't see a thing. And you need to go through <laughs> basically a little tiny on your hands and knees and on your stomach course with your with your air on, with your, with your um, SCBA, which is self-contained breathing apparatus, which is like the full face mask, the oxygen tank in your back. It's what, what you'd wear to go into a fire. Get that all in on you. Um, I remember like going through a course one day. It was at a local hall there, and I like could not get through this one point. I could not get through, and I was just telling myself like, "Come on, man! You start running out of oxygen. It's it's really scary. Like, you have to put yourself in those shoes. Like, you're Jeez. running out of oxygen. There's no way out. You can't see anything. So you got to. It's like you got to get through this spot, or you're just not gonna make it. <laughs> so I remember just like sitting there and I'm, like thinking, "How am I gonna get through here?" I thought about taking my pack off, which you don't ever really want to do. Sometimes you have to, to get through certain areas. Um, but I was thought about taking my pack off, getting through and then putting it back on. But it was just like, was it just like a weird angle or? See, I, I never even saw the course because our eyes well, what were What did it feel like? But it was like a opening that felt like, you know, I'm a big guy. Felt like I would never be able to fit through there ever. And I just sat there, th like, smashing my head up against the wall, so to speak. Like, I just like, how am I gonna get Probably through here? Physically, a little bit. <laughs> and I remember just letting out an absolute battle cry, and I just, ah, just threw my head back, and I ended up getting through this hole. And I got one arm through, got another arm through, and I just kind of wiggled my way out. And I sat there on the other side, and I was like, holy. Like they put a hood over your face too. I couldn't see anything, but I was like, I made it, I made it. And then uh, we went from there, but um, fire school. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you serious? was an amazing experience. Um, on our day, um, they call it the- Dude, uh, that gave me a pit in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jeez. Um, and like your first week there, um, we do something called the consumption drill, which is, this is your, well, for me and for a lot of us, some of us, or some of them were already firefighters at like volunteer halls or things like that. So they've, they had worn the full equipment before. For me, it was my first time. And you're, it's your first time on with your SCBA on, and you have to do an entire fitness slash firefighting, um, basically obstacle course. So there's hose rolling, there's, um, you know, there's tire flipping, there's, you know, log smashing, okay. <laughs> like, um, you're, there's a, there's a part that emulates like a, a roof, like ceiling joists and stuff that you have. What do you use to cut the, the roof? Uh, oh, ceiling joists. No, but what do you use to cut the roofs? Chainsaws? Chainsaws and stuff. Yeah. That's another, uh, skill that you need to know and you need to be able to cut through chainsaws and things like that. Um, but in this course, the idea of the course is you have to finish it. Um, and the, the idea is to bleed out your entire oxygen tank. So even if you complete it, which only a few of us did, I didn't personally, but a few of the guys did, even if you complete it before you lose your oxygen, you have to sit there and breathe all your oxygen out because they want you to, it's called sucking mask, which is when you run out of oxygen and you're just sucking your face mask, which is probably, I will tell you this, like the worst feeling in the entire world when you're sucking your mask, it's like you cannot breathe. And uh, it's what separates the men from the boys, so to speak. Dude. So um, so the idea of this drill, and in Texas, we were in 40 degree weather, so that didn't help. What's um, that in Fahrenheit for people that are in the States? Oh God, and Fahrenheit's like 100 and- I think it's 103. 103 or something, 104, 106, something like that, between that area. Um, so ridiculously hot, so you're already exhausted. Um, now for me and my crew, <laughs> there was three of us, and one of the guys, got through the first obstacle and then he tapped out. He couldn't do it. So he ran out of oxygen or end of the road, like, end of the road for him. Couldn't do it. He just didn't want you. Couldn't do it. So the two of us, when you say couldn't do it though, like, did he just like kind of like, did he just like tap yeah. out? So or did he run out of oxygen? There's, there's two ways to fail this. Either you pass out <laughs> or you take your mask off. You take your gear off. That's the only two ways to fail. Right? So when you get into your own head, it's over. But I thought they make you run out of oxygen no matter what. That's right. So you just can't pass out. So you have to complete the course, then bleed out all your oxygen. Or bleed out all your oxygen and still complete the course. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll explain. So there's the three of us that started. How do you do that without passing out though? <laughs> okay, so this is basically, all right. So anyways, laughs at me. That's a legitimate question. <laughs> I know, let me get to it, let me get to it. So the three of us started and after the first one, he was out. How many people are there in this whole group? In the whole three in our school? Yeah. Well, in my crew, there was three of us. Okay. There's eight crews though. There's about almost 20 of us at the at school at that time. Okay. At the academy. So that's less than three times eight. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Well, some of the groups so had four people, all right? Anyways, anyways, regardless. Um, it's like 25 to 30 guys then, right? Yeah, something like that, something okay. like that. Um, so the two of us had to complete it when there were supposed to be three of us. So in other words, if we had the three of us, we could have, one of us could have taken a break while the other two do one thing, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's easier when you have more guys. So does only one guy have to do each obstacle? You all have to do it. But at least there's three of you, you can rest up at some parts and contain your oxygen. That's what you want. You want to keep your oxygen as long as you can, right? But since there's two of us, we were having to do the tire flip, for example, which was like a, however, it was like a 500 pound tire or something, huge. And there's two of us when there should have been three of us flipping it. So now we're expending all this other oxygen, our hearts doing 180. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we had to do the whole thing, the two of us. And I got, I, I ran out of oxygen on the last one, which were, or on the second last. So we had to do, um, there and back. So we had to do, I can't remember what we had on our back. Um, I want to say like heavy sledgehammer and like something else that we had to carry on our shoulders and we had to lunge there and back, which was like, I don't know, 
30 meters, mm. they're back, they're back, they're back, right? So until they basically say stop. So we just kept going, kept going, kept going. And I ran out of oxygen that, there and then. So the idea is when you run out of oxygen, you now take your, your valve off, okay? So your oxygen valve, and now it's just the mask. Can't take that mask off though. So there's a little bit of oxygen getting through that mask. There's not no oxygen, but if you can imagine, put your hand over your face really tight and try breathing like that. That's how it feels. <laughs> that sucks. So awful. That sucks. <laughs> so that's sucking. That's kind of like our masks at work though. Like that's kind of how I felt all day today. I was like, I literally had to keep going outside and taking my mask off and just breathing because the masks that we wear at work with the big the respirator, yeah. yeah, we're like, uh, I, I was just like dying, dude. My head was, like was pounding. But you're you're still getting a good amount of oxygen with the respirator, right? But when you're just yeah, and well, <laughs> and that's eight hours straight, and you're doing it right. Yeah, exactly. But you know, in the heat, when all you want, all you want is to just have a breath. Yeah. But if you take that mask off, you, you fail. You're toast. So I ended up having to do the so last. You have to go home. That's it. You're cut. You're, you're off done. the squad. You you're can't done. even redo the course. You'd have to redo the course. Yeah. But a big fail. Let's fail. Yeah. Um. So. Holy man. It's pretty intense, man. So. Uh, yeah, I had to do the rest of it, and I remember just finishing, and I literally like just dropped, and I was. Every day we were drenched in sweat, like yeah. drenched, right? Yeah. Because it's just so hot. Um, but uh, can you yeah. take this course in like the winter time in Texas? Yeah, for sure you can. <laughs> we just decided to take it when it was the hottest. <laughs> cool. Um, but uh, anyway, so that's just kind of a little glimpse into like what fire school is like. And then your live burn days, like I said, that's like when everything comes together. It's like you do everything you've learned. Um, you're actually there in the force and you're fighting fire and doing that sort of thing. So, and then after that, you have to write your state certification exam, which is, you know, give or take 300, almost, I think it was almost 400 questions. And so on top of training all day long, so I think we went from like uh, 6, 6 a.m. or so, we had our morning inspection after personal training. Everyone's gotta be clean shaven, every beds have to be made. It's very mil militaristic, right? Um, after that, you start your training. We train all the way till like four or five o'clock. And then after that, you gotta basically study all night. So we're going to bed at like midnight, one, two, and getting up at five, thirty, five. So you don't, you, it's, it's, a, it's pretty crazy, but like such a good time though. But uh, <laughs> um, that's kind of like fire school is like, but on top of that, after you finish, if you've passed all your um, sections, there's four sections, like I said, the two hazmat and the two firefighter sections. You pass that, then you get your 1001. Um, but with your 1001, you're still not guaranteed a job. There's lots more to do. So it just takes a long time to get to where you need to go. And uh, that's kind of the whole idea with it. Jesus um, Christ, man. But not to mention, like. <laughs> You typically have to have a trade under your belt or a, a college diploma or a university degree and stuff as well. Yeah. So that's why they don't typically hire till you're till you're older, right? So Yeah, man. That's crazy, dude. I didn't even know some of that stuff about fire training. That's so crazy, man. <laughs> the just sucking mass. <laughs> Bro, that's insanity. We had um, in our fire school we actually had we had one one female firefighter in it one, right. one woman and I'll never forget it was our ladder day and I guess she figured out she's scared of heights because she got up there on the ladder and she froze you know they have different safety protocols in Texas so the ladder training was a little crazy um, you know these were pretty huge ladder extension ladders that we were up okay uh, I don't know how, how high this one would have been 24 foot maybe um, that this woman was working that's, on. That's the tallest um, I've ever been on the top of a ladder, 24 foot ladder. Yeah, she, we had to do what's called a leg lock. Um, and when she got into that position, she couldn't get out and she froze. And uh, she went home that day because... <laughs> I think I would. They, they coached her through it. They, co they tried to get her through it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was like, if you can't do that, you know, how are you going to... 
how you gonna <laughs> you know how you gonna save lives right so dude that's that was the end of the day for her but that's so crazy what's the leg walk maneuver that you have to do it's essentially that it's it's like, it's a way of it? <laughs> it's a way of locking yourself into a ladder if you have to say reach around or um like if you don't have any support and you're up and high you're not wearing any like fall protection mm -hmm. things like that so it's just a method of locking interlocking your legs between rungs to like keep yourself still so even if it was to wiggle you're just like central on that ladder yeah but if it falls your toes still right? oh yeah it's <laughs> still toes that's why you the way we did it is you would have to have a guy at the, at the bottom holding onto your ladder but you know that sucks. <laughs> so what do you have to do? Like just get yourself walked in with your legs and that's it? Well, you know, they gave us a specific task. So like somebody would hoist tools up to you and you'd have to do something like cut through something or, you know, get through something. I don't know. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. that is kind of what I was doing. That sucks though. I hated the whole thing. I like, dude, I get to the top of a ladder and my knees just shake. I just, I hate it. <laughs> it's my biggest fear in the world, dude. Yeah. I could never be a firefighter. <laughs> but I think it's like important to say, like a lot of people have the misconception that like firefighting is just the most dangerous job because you're just like running into like full blown fires all the time. But it's actually a very calculated thing. You're never going to just run in if there's no hope at all. You know what I mean? So there's a saying that we say, and it's um, risk a lot to save a lot, risk a little to save a little. So meaning like, if you get to that structure fire and there's just, there's absolutely no way, you're not going in. Yeah. That's just the reality of it. So you could go, you could go up to a, a fire and it's just fully engulfed and it's, you know, flashbacks everywhere. And there's, you know, things are blowing up in there, in that building and things like that. We'll, we'll, we'll stand outside and we'll, we'll suppress from the outside, but no one's going in there. Right. And in the States specifically, they do a lot of uh, ventilation on the roofs and stuff. They get onto the roofs of a fire. They cut, they cut holes in the, the roofs and, and... Wouldn't that make the fire burn hotter? So this is the thing. So... Because it's like more if oxygen. Done, so if done correctly, ventilation is a, tactic that, a good tactic to use. But if done poorly, it can make things a lot worse. So you use things like negative pressures, positive pressures. There's, you know, if you're ventilating, um, for example, you've got all the windows at the back of your house open and you're cutting holes in the wall and you know, you're, you're downwind. So like the wind's coming this way, that would be a good tactic to blow everything out that side of the building. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if done poorly, you can just circulate that oxygen and just build the fire, build the fire, build the fire. Yeah. So it's, it's like literally like fanning a fire. Pretty much. Um, but in the States, like they actually get on the roof and stuff, which we don't do here in Canada because how come? fire goes up and roofs decay. That's how guys fall in, right? Yeah. So they often have that. You can look up videos. It's pretty crazy. Some stuff in the States where guys just fall right in and it's like, you know, we don't, we don't do that, but we had to learn how to do it because we were down in the States, right? If you um, were to do the training here, do you think you'd learn it? No, I don't think any, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think anybody in Canada does that, that method, like rooftop stuff, unless, um, you know, there's no signs at all of like decay in the top or, you So know, you don't anybody. think that being a firefighter in BC, you'd ever do that, eh? I guess within reason, not everything's off the cards in firefighting, but, um, you use your brain basically is what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, you'll never just sprint in and guys that would just sprint in no matter what, those guys either <laughs> unfortunately die in service or they just don't become firefighters because you need to be a level-headed person who can assess situations and not get too attached to the situation. That's so crazy, man. So moving forward, cause now like you've got your hazmat stuff done. You've got your, I guess the entire 1001 it is, right? You got your whole 1001. And then last weekend, actually you did your paramedics certification, is that what it's called? So I did my first responding licensing, right? first responder licensing, and I still have to do my paramedic one coming up here. 
Okay, so, and then, like, moving forward with that, you, like, really kind of wanted to make a change in your life, make, like, a shift in your life. You, like, really wanted to, like, level up, so to speak. So, like, what are you doing to kind of progress yourself a little bit more before or, I guess, during that, like, testing period? The way you starting on Monday. This guy's got me on 75 hard. Okay. I'm going to give it a try. He's sworn by it since he's done it. If you guys don't know what it is, look it up. It's like a program um, geared towards, I guess, somewhat fitness, but it's fitness is just like a secondary from it, right? It's a tool it's, the way I explain it. Yeah, you explain it. All right, so 75 hard. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I'll end up explaining it because I've done it before and I actually just started it last week as well. So that, I guess, is probably what motivated Aiden to do it, but... 75 Heart is a like a mental toughness, mental fortitude program. Uh, it, it, for me, increased my discipline, my focus, but more than anything, it increased my confidence and my self-esteem. And it's basically a 75-day program where you have to follow, I think it's six rules. Is it six rules? Yeah, six rules. I have them written on my wall over there. But you have to follow six rules every single day. No like compromises. There's no kind of tailoring it to you or anything like that. It's six rules. Well, there kind of is actually, I guess I'll just explain it. So basically you have to follow six rules with no deviations and you have to do it for 75 days. And if you miss any of the rules, you start again from day one. It's not really a program that you can fail, so to speak, because if you miss a day, then you just start over on day one and then you just repeat that until you finish it. So ideally it will be 75 days long, but if you miss a day, then it's gonna be a lot more than that depending on when you miss. Uh, so six rules, they are follow a meal plan. So this is how it can be tailored to you, right? Because you're never told what to do. You're just told, well, I guess you're told what to do, but you're not told how to do it, right? So you told, Rule number one, follow a meal plan. It has to be a specific meal plan that's just kind of designed towards getting you towards some sort of uh, a fitness goal, like an improvement in your fitness or your physique or I guess any physical goal. It could be like improving your balance, really. I don't know how you eat for that, but maybe get leaner because it would help you balance more. I don't know, more muscle maybe would help you balance. Anyway, so. Basically, yeah, follow a meal plan. Rule number one, follow a meal plan tailored towards your physical goal. Rule number two, you have to exercise twice a day for 45 minutes a pop. They, one of them has to be outside and they can't be consecutive. There has to be at least a little bit of time in between. You can't just do like 45 minutes outside, 45 minutes inside or vice versa. You can't just like go to the gym and work out for 40 minutes, 45 minutes and then go for a 45 minute run outside that gym. Like you kind of have to split them up. The point of doing all of this stuff is to just kind of make it as inconvenient as possible. Rule number three is read 10 pages of a educational or inspirational book every single day. Uh, rule number four, no cheat meals or booze. Rule number five, drink a gallon of water a day. And rule number six, take a progress picture every single day. And so all of these things, like a lot of them seem to be monotonous and pointless kind of tasks, or I guess, yeah, that's the best way to say it, like tasks to do. They seem very monotonous, they seem very pointless, like taking a progress picture is the one where you're like, dude, I'm not taking a progress picture every day. And that's <laughs> what I get every single time I tell someone about this program. And the point of taking the progress picture, I guess there's two points to taking the progress picture. The first one that I found to be the coolest is looking at day one to day 75 and actually seeing the physical progress. And that's just huge and it just blows your self-confidence through the roof because you're like, wow, I can make huge changes to myself. But it's also because, and you've seen this with me because I'm on day six right now, it's a way to train yourself to pay attention to the little things. Yeah. and to remember the little things that don't really feel like they matter, right? So little things could be like, you know, doing the chores that you need to do or, you know, putting in that extra 10% at work, whatever it is, but it's just remembering to do the little things that kind of feel pointless, 
maybe like sweeping up after yourself or you know putting your weights away at the gym whatever it could be but like anything that feels pointless to you and then remembering to do it and doing it anyways even though you don't want to do it yeah right so it's kind of a discipline training thing same thing like with the fitness thing having it have to be outside having at least one workout having to be outside is like kind of teaching you that you know what especially in vancouver conditions are never going to be perfect like we have the perfect weather to dis- to demonstrate that with because it could be snowing it could be raining it could be super windy it could be super hot in the summer it could well yeah. hot for us right <laughs> but conditions can be anything and you still have to get the job done and that's what like the outdoor workout is supposed to teach you yeah same thing with like the reading 10 pages that's just supposed to teach you that you know, you get busy no matter what. Every day is going to be busy. That's just how life works. It's always going to throw curveballs at you. But you have to sometimes just literally slow down, sit down, even when it feels like you're quote unquote doing nothing. And that's where true improvement comes. So it's, it's all these critical tasks you have to do for 75 days straight. For me, the hardest one is the water, drinking a gallon of water. If you haven't been noticing me again, if you're watching the video, you'll probably see me with this big jug. That's why I'm drinking this much water right now because I got to drink a gallon a day and it sucks. And you know, you know, I'll get kind of vulnerable and personal here. I've got a tiny bladder and I pee like this is the longest I've not peed all day <laughs> and I've got to pee really bad. And I'm not going to get in. Yeah, seriously. He's, he's been with me where I've had to do some pretty embarrassing things to not pee my pants and it's pretty brutal, but yeah, it, um, so yeah, you're starting that, like kind of run me through, I guess my question was, cause I've done it already and you watched me do it the first time and now I'm doing it the second time. Like what made you be like, okay, I'm gonna do this, fuck it. I, I listened to a lot of the stuff you had to say about it. And although, <laughs> although I was uh, resistant there with you, um, I, it made a lot of sense. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, like I'm, I'm wanting to make significant changes mentally and I know this will will help me get there and I also thought in the terms of you know going back to our bodybuilding days where you know when I was competing I was the busiest I ever was school work training eating cooking like that's all I did every day but I got so much done but it was because I was so preoccupied with all these things and so busy that I was at like an all-time productive rate and I'm like I need to do that again because now I need to tailor that not towards the bodybuilding stage, but towards getting where I want to be career-wise. And so I need something to fulfill that gap, take away distractions, um, something to focus and work on every day where I don't have to, yeah, I don't need to be distracted about what people are doing around me, what's going on around me. And what better time than now when, you know, things are still kind of like, weird around everywhere like everything's kind of like closed and stuff still and like now's the time to like grind it out yeah just put your head down and work because i talked to you about like this program quite a lot i guess like honestly now that i said it i have to pee but i want you to fill this time so (laughs) aiden's gonna tell you a, a couple of the things that i said to you that were like me trying to convince you to do this and then tell me I guess which one was the one where you're like, okay, yeah, he's right. Because I really wanted you to do this because I know how bad you want what you want. And I know that this program for me shifted my mind completely. Like it completely changed who I am. You know, when I first started, I was still living at home. By the time I ended it, I moved out. I was like, I need to get my life together. I need to go out, take on as much responsibility as possible. And for me, I think like pushing myself outside my comfort zone with that responsibility is what makes me A, feel good, but B, perform at a high level, as high of a level as I possibly can at this moment. Yeah. So, so tell people what I was saying that was me trying to convince you to do this. And then what was the thing where you're like, this guy, yeah, okay, I'm listening to him, but I'm gonna go pee. <laughs> yeah, no, pretty much, uh, I guess, the big one for me was, um, he kind of, Mark kind of convinced me. I, I kept telling him like, hey man, I can't do it yet because I got this going on, I got this going on, and I got too much thing, too many things to focus on right now in this given time. I'll do it when I'm ready kind of thing. And he, and then he kept saying like, or yeah, he was like, that you, 
that means you need it now. Like I kept saying, like, I don't need it right now. I, I can do it like another time. He's like, that's more reason to do it now. Cause now is the, the time where you're going to benefit the most from it. And, uh, the big one for me was he kind of told me that like, the more you're going to add to your plate, the more you'll rise to the occasion. So like the more things that you're doing it and, and working towards the body, I mean, we're as humans, we're so resilient. Like you'll, you'll be able to rise up to the, those occasions if you really, really put your mind to it. So I thought like, you know, and, and uh, programs like this really build momentum. So that's kind of the big thing. It's like, you know, it might seem daunting when you're thinking about it in the scale, but when you start winning every day, and that was another thing that he said is like, every day is Groundhog Day. Every day you do the same thing and you find the little wins every day. And, and those things just compound. Like you can be busy with a lot of things in life, but if you add some more things onto your plate and you win, you, you complete these tasks every day, you're just building momentum, building momentum. And pretty soon those become innate and natural for you. And they become baseline. Like this guy, he'll always add work, but he still, he doesn't take away stuff to add stuff. It's just, he just adds on top. And it's like this giant balancing act. Like I can just think of like, I don't know, you balancing a whole bunch of things and you just keep adding, adding, adding. It's like a cartoon almost where it's like, somehow it stays up. Like, <laughs> how is it still up? Maybe if I add this thing, um, <laughs> at, <laughs> at work when we at the end of the day when we lock stuff up this is just kind of a funny comparison we're, we're always getting new things like new tri stands new tools new like chop saws and we have this one little dinky chain that we lock it up with and it's like every day we add ladders we add tri stands we add all these new things we add like our threading machine our grooving machine and somehow it still fits. We're still able to like make it work. And we're like, okay, now there can't possibly be another thing we add. Next day, we, can, <laughs> we got another thing. And we have the same chain. And it's like, that's what, that's what Mark does. And that's what these programs will do. It's like somehow. And when you can prove to yourself, they're like, dude, how the hell am I still working at this rate? How am I still able to do all these things? And start seeing my friends and doing this and that. But you can do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's about like kind of prioritizing. See, like the thing about 75 hard the first time I did it, and this is kind of like one of the biggest lessons that I learned from it. Not the biggest, but one of the biggest is when you start to make yourself busier, when you, you know, because at the time I was doing 75 hard, I was actually working two jobs. The first time I did it, I was working and running the podcast. So I was doing full-time construction, Monday to Friday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was working in a restaurant serving at night. And then anytime I wasn't doing one of those two things, I was recording interviews, recording personal videos, like just by myself, editing, creating content for the Instagram page and stuff like that, and then seeing my friends and my family. So basically it was wake up at four o'clock and, and I was doing 75 hard. So I'm training twice a day, reading 10 pages of a book. Like literally it was wake up at four o'clock and start work and then go to bed at, like you said, firefighting school. Like I was like going to bed at like during the week, actually like construction, I was going to bed at like eight, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. But dude, when I'm working in the restaurant and we close at midnight, and then we got to clean up afterwards. And then I got to drive across two cities to get home. Burning the midnight lamp, buddy. Like I, I was home at like one o'clock, two o'clock, and then up at four the next day. Like I joked around with people where I'd be like, we'd be at work, it'd be midnight. We'd still have to clean up for like another hour. And then I'd be like, yeah, I got to drive home for another half hour. And then I'm going to nap and be up at four to work again. And they'd be like stunned. And I'm not even saying that that's a healthy way to live your life because obviously I ended up quitting my second job and taking a little time off before I started 75 hard again. But that was what it took to kind of drive like that voice in the back of my head. That's like, dude, you need to rest, dude, you need to rest, dude. 
Like I had that the entire time where it was like, okay, I could push through one more day and then tomorrow I'll kind of be a little bit more laid back. And, and then every day was that, that was the same thing where I was like, today I kind of feel like taking a break, but if I can make it one more day, like I think I got a little bit more gas in the tank. And that's that momentum building. Right? And it just kept going, kept going. And like Andy says in his podcast, the guy that made this program, he says, you know, basically what you have to do is find a way to win one day and then Groundhog Day, like Aiden was saying, is like, just repeat that every single time. It's like, find a way to win and then just do that all the time. And you just keep building more and more momentum. And then once that becomes your baseline, like you're comfortable doing it, that's how you can start adding one more thing on. Well, maybe I'll add on journaling. Well, maybe I'll add on meditating. Well, maybe I'll add in yoga. Maybe I'll add in stretching. Maybe I got to add in like another hour of seeing my friends and family. Maybe I got to add in a little bit more time to just like kind of tune out and be grounded. Like obviously everyone does need relaxation. So it's like, okay, maybe I got to add in an hour here of just chilling out. But how do I get that hour? How am I going to achieve that? You're essentially becoming a master time manager. Well, yeah, because and this is where I was trying to get to with it, I just remembered, is then you start to think of, you know, you said I didn't eliminate anything, but it's like, then you actually do start to eliminate things because you start to, you know, you, you make a conscious decision of, instead of I'm gonna sit here and watch Netflix, or I'm gonna sit here and scroll through my Instagram, or I'm gonna have this 40 minute conversation with my friend gossiping about one of our other friends, like those pointless conversations. You eliminate all the bullshit. And then when you sit down with your friends, you have conversations like this, yeah. where you're like, dude, if I'm taking an hour and a half out of my day to just chill out and chat with my buddy, we're not gonna sit there and gossip and spread negativity and feed off this weird energy of just like talking about other people. I wanna talk about my friend. I wanna hear about their day. I wanna actually hear about what's going on in their life and what they're working towards and you know, Maybe they're going to ask me about what I'm going to do and I'm going to have to think about it and put it into words and they're going to say, well, why are you doing that? And then I have to think about the meaning behind why I'm doing things. And it's more of a reflective, intelligent conversation where you actually grow from it. Totally. Instead of distract yourself from it. You, you eliminate all the things in your life that are the distractions and then you can start to fill your life with the things that actually fulfill you and actually make you feel like you're progressing. Like for me, it's working on my podcast and I got to work a day job and I, I actually thoroughly enjoy my day job and I'm blessed to say that, but you know, like while I'm working in my construction job, I'm thinking about podcasting. I'm thinking about, I like, I was thinking about coming home today and asking you, yo, you want to record tonight? Yeah. Right. Like these are the things I'm thinking about. And I know that you're the same, like you're at work and he's a plumber and he's, I, I guarantee you're thinking like, okay, I got to think of a way to kind of get this certification now. And I have to learn where, how am I going to find time to study for this? And you're yeah. thinking about firefighting the whole time. Like not everyone has a direct passion like that, which is fine. It's completely cool. But when you do a program like this, I think everyone can benefit from it because it's like, it, it just allows you to cut out all the time that we waste and just fill it with things that make you feel fulfilled. So if that's reading novels, then you're going to make time to just read novels more often. You're going to distract yourself a lot less. Yeah. If you're super into video games, then you're going to cut out the things that you hate in your life that you spend time on right now. And you're going to find a way to do that in a healthy, sustainable way and make sure that you could do that for as long as possible. Right? So that you're not staying up until two o'clock in the morning and then waking up at five. Right? You're going to find a way to make it work because you're like, well, now I do all these things that I really love and they make me feel good and I got to find time to sleep. I got to find time to relax. I got to find time to do this and doing a program like that. Like you said, it kind of makes you a master of like time management. It's, it's so sick, man. I'm so, I'm super stoked for you to try it, man. I, yeah, I just like backpack that. Like I was just thinking while you were talking there about like an analogy of like, it's like a giant game of Jenga. And you know, you got your structural, your structure there and you're just taking off all the bullshit, but that structure staying there. And then you can and stack more stuff on top. And then you're adding like this course and you're adding this conversation with a friend and you're taking out the bullshit. You're taking out 
10 minutes of friggin' screen time on Instagram. You're taking out an hour of video games and you're putting on the stuff that matters and your, your structure's staying afloat. Yeah. Yeah, it's staying up. And then sometimes it does crumble, but then you just get to fucking rebuild it. So right. start again. You're like, oh shit, my, my, I was overloading myself, or I was maybe underloading myself and I distracted myself too much. Well, now you got the big pile of blocks and you're like, okay, well, this time I don't need to do that one. I could have taken this out. Yeah. And you start building. And maybe I should have had this one in. 100%. Right? Like, dude, I had a pretty big, I wouldn't say a mental breakdown, but a mental realization, like probably a month ago or two. I think it was right around New Year's. I remember having this conversation with you where I was like, fuck, dude, I have been neglecting my friends and family a little bit. Like, I see yeah. you, obviously, because we live together. But it's like, dude, I haven't really seen this guy or this person. I haven't had a conversation with, you know, this person in my family for a long time. And you're like, well, dude, like, you're so good at just, like, throwing things into your schedule. Why don't you schedule time to do that? And I was like, fuck, dude, that makes sense. I'll just do that. Like, it's so cool how... So tell them what you were doing, because I really liked what you were doing with that. I got to fucking start it again. I can't really talk about it because I haven't been doing it. <laughs> but what I had done for a little bit was I, I thought of a way I was like, okay, I got to find the time to, this is good. This is going to hold me accountable, man, because this is something that I need to do. But whoops, he just completely called me out. <laughs> But basically what I was doing was I was like, shit, I got to find time to talk to people and kind of speak with them and just kind of hear about their day and like kind of let them know I'm thinking about them. I don't want my friendships to drop off. So what I had done because I basically was in a routine where it was like wake up at four o'clock in the morning and then start like working and then finish up. I get home at like five, six and then I'm in bed at like eight, nine. So I've got like a two hour window of like leisure time slash I can edit my podcast or film it. So it's like pretty tight schedule. And so I, I devised this plan where I could just call a friend every day on my drive home from work and just talk to them about how their day was. And I guess I really just kind of fell off because I also spend time like that's when I listen to podcasts and music and I just fucking you know how I am I love my time where I can just listen to music and as corny and cheesy as it sounds I don't care if people laugh at this like dude there's something about driving home it's like sunny out you're playing music totally. you're singing along and you're just jamming but it's not just that you you I fell off but you started you were Doing, you put it in a block time of on your way to the gym, but then you started just training at home. So it, now you weren't going to that extra ride to the gym. Yeah. So it's like, you, you just have to figure out a way to integrate it again, right? But see, this is what you have to do with your friends, guys. You gotta call them out, because this guy calls me out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. But this guy calls me out on my own podcast. It's accountability, man. That's what <laughs> friends are for. <laughs> There you go. Look, you didn't even have to say something funny earlier because that's going to be the intro now. You missed me totally spill water all over myself while you were talking about that. Yeah, I was being self-centered. <laughs> all right. Maybe you guys saw it. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> well, I got it on camera, clearly. <laughs> so that's good. That's sick. All right, buddy. Take us out of here, Gator. Dude, it's fucking almost 8 o'clock. Yeah. Damn. That's bedtime for us. We're like kind of grandpas that way, but we're both going to be up early tomorrow. But, um, dude, I don't do my own outros. Fuck that. I do the intro. You do the outro, man. Say something cool. Say something entertaining, inspirational, motivating, and then, uh, sign us out. That's it, dude. You, you do the fucking outro. <laughs> All right. Um, I think I have something good to say today. I can't. I'm having problems ripping stuff out of my brain right now. Well, think of it this way, man. Say, say I'm out there and I have a goal, like you have firefighting, right? Say I'm out there and I have a goal and I'm at that point where you were like three years ago, where you're like, it's kind of in the background. I've always thought about it. I, I've always kind of, I never really, maybe I voiced it to one or two people, but I don't really know if I could pursue it or what I could do to go about it. Like. I'm in this kind of in the middle stage, like they call it like limbo, right? You're in limbo with this, like, 
idea in the back of your head that you haven't really spoken about? Like, what's your advice for some kid like that or someone listening? You could obviously maybe not a kid because I assume kids don't listen to this podcast, but like if someone's out there and they're like, man, I've really been thinking about this for a bit. I just don't know how to go about it or if I could pursue it. Yeah, no, I, I just, I think the downfall for a lot of us is just not starting, not knowing how to start and not starting. So many people would be like, oh yeah, like I wanted to do that thing too. Or like, I was going to do that, but this just start, man. I didn't know how to start. I just started. And how do you start? You talk to people, you call people up, you look up online, you need to you need to advocate for yourself. Biggest thing I've learned in my life is to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. You, nobody's gonna s- serve this stuff on a silver platter to you. No one's gonna be like, here's the formula. Nobody in, in your dream career is gonna call you one day and be like, you need to do this, this, and this. Yeah. Here you go. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> if, if it was like that, we'd all have our dream careers, right? It's like, you need to, if you want something, you need to go and get it. And that's like the stupidest cliche thing I could say, but you just have to start, man. Yeah. Just start. Yeah. It's like, I don't know why I've ever heard this, but I guess I have heard this. I don't know if you've heard this, but like, how do you eat an entire elephant one bite at a time? Yeah, man. Right? Like you just fucking go one step at a time. It seems super daunting, but you just take the small steps that it takes to build up for it. Elephants and Jenga blocks. That's that's the title of this video. Two boys, <laughs> one couch, elephants and Jen- eating elephants and building Jenga blocks. <laughs> How are you going to do this? Eating elephants and playing Jenga. That's the fucking title of this one. Thank oh, you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. I hope that you found something entertaining in here. I hope that maybe we shifted your perspective on something. Maybe you learned something. But at the very least, I hope you enjoyed listening to us kind of chat with each other. I enjoyed it, like I, like that was really sick. So thank you, Aiden. Thank you for watching this or listening to this. Thanks guys. Go out and find whatever it is that you've been thinking about recently about starting or pursuing and just take it one step at a time and fucking conquer it. Be the best you you can be. Go out and kill it, have a good day, a good week, a good month and a good year for the rest of 2021 or whenever you listen to this, But go and kill it. Much love. Thank you so much. Peace out. Let's go, baby.